But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. Power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. We are still getting ready for our big summer sale on power converters. So while we're preparing that, hey, let's talk about some X-wing. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smittle. And I'm Ford Jenkins. And first off, uh, how are we all feeling? These uh, last couple weeks have been a little rough for some of us. We've had scheduling issues, uh, passing around the local cold. Uh, we've been kind of sidelined. So how's everybody holding up these last couple weeks? My teeth hurt. Yeah. You... Right, Greg, that's the worst. Indeed. Uh, it's... It was. It's just flat awful. It's confirmed infected. And my dentist is like, oh, nice. Terrible tooth. Let's do these fillings instead, because that makes right. sense. And so I had that done, and I'm still in pain. Yeah, that always just is uh, terrible. I've had so much dental work done over the years. I can totally empathize. Yeah, it's it legitimately is the worst. Try to eat with a with a hurt tooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whole whole lot of milkshakes and uh, soup. <laughs> no, no, hot and cold are hurt me. So I have to stay room temperature, and it's kind of like maybe you do some ramen noodles, but then you leave them out on the counter for 20 minutes, and then you eat them. It's really bad. So I actually had to go to drill this weekend with this, and uh, Sunday I told them I was leaving, and they're like, no, you can't. And I was like, no, no, I'm leaving. (laughs) I'm leaving now. You have got the short timer fever something bad. Mm. Uh, I remember those days. Mm-hmm. All, all those years ago. Uh, but other than that, uh, how have we been? Have we all been playing any X-Wing lately? Yeah, Doug and I got some games in over the weekend. Nice, nice. We've still got our local league at the local game store going. I've been uh, playing some folks who aren't in the league and having fun. Uh, i trying to remember how long it's been since I actually put uh, ships on the table against Josh, uh, one of our local guys. Uh, good to see Ship- folks back out and playing. Shipman? Uh, wise, uh, no, uh, Wise. wise. Oh, oh, okay. Doug okay. and I also joined the Crate Battle Pass League that's happening in the Crate Discord, um, which is just a play as many games as you want to get prizes league. It's super fun. That sounds like a neat idea. Good for them. All right. Well, other than that, we find, uh, we did get some news of a sort out of AMG. It was mentioned on uh, their usual way of putting out information, which is on a Marvel Crisis Protocol paint stream, that uh, there will most likely be an X-Wing points adjustment when the points for the uh, clone Z-95 and the Rogue class are announced. Those ships are, I believe, due out at the end of May. Do we have a concrete date on that? No, I don't believe so. Um... So there, there could be some points updates. We never know. Uh, a lot of folks have been complaining that AMG doesn't have a uh, organized way of getting out information. It's not like they're using their other games as the X-Wing information distribution. It's because people will ask questions about X-Wing in an MCP stream, and they're good guys to answer them. So uh, could they do better about putting information out? Maybe, you know, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have an official website at this point, but it's it's not like they're 
like they're trying to get a website going. It's not like they're just ignoring everything, and they're still providing information as much as they can. So, at the end of the day, it doesn't affect playing the game. Right. They're they're providing more information than we need. Let's be fair, because we don't need to know when the next points change is coming out. We just need to know when it does. It's not like also, saying you know, the sun is shining, the grass is green. Xbox players are complaining about the game. It's it's nothing new. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, we are also excited for uh, in a m- little less than a month now the uh, Midwest Scrub Down coming up soon, uh, May twenty first and twenty second. Gold Squadron will actually be showing up and uh, streaming. Marcel will be playing in the tournament even. So revenge. <laughs> Did Mar? That's right. Which one did Marcel knock out at uh, Adepticon? Oh, well, he oh, beat me. Those. He knocked yeah. out Doug. He beat me. Oh. <laughs> like. Okay. Well, right now I believe they're at 33 of a stated maximum of 48 players. So there's still room if you are going to be in the St. Louis area or traveling to the St. Louis area or want to travel to the St. Louis area, sign up for it. It's on the uh, Midwest Scrubcast Facebook page and Discord. I have all the information there. So uh, odds are, with that number of people and the number of rounds and our usual finishes, you'll probably see at least one of us on stream during that. So make sure to tune into Gold Squadron's Twitch that weekend and cheer us on. Uh, we are always happy to put on a show for our loyal fans. It's it's going to be an interesting format because they're doing it extended, so all ships are legal, but they're using the band list. From standard, that's what most people are doing, even if they're unextended. Like, because pretty much problematic everything that... cards are problematic cards, whether or not they're we have them all or not. I mean, technically, extended isn't even supposed to use yeah. scenarios. It's supposed to just be the 2.0 dogfight, but most people still use the scenarios as well. Like, it's... yeah. So this is going to be less of a find the power cards in the meta because it's not going to be a standard tournament. It's more of just a have fun playing with people we haven't got to see in a while. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a trip. I always love everything that the St. Louis folks put on. Uh, great folks to play with and getting a lot of uh, other Midwesterners coming out. I was scared when I saw Tommy Adams' name on the list, and then I started seeing uh, – then I saw Marcel, and I just went, okay, you know what? Uh, I am throwing my – I was going to bring a silly meme list, and then I saw all the names that were coming. I went, I can't treat this as a joke tournament. I have to actually play something good. Now I have well, three I, weeks to can, find something good. I, I'm treating it as just a fun tournament. Like, yeah, well, I mean, fun, it literally fun yes, but I'm not bringing a joke list like I did to Crossroads. Uh, I mean, I understand that is my brand, but I want to bring something that's going to be fun, that's going to be competitive, and I don't know, maybe if it can be a little off the wall and interesting, uh, more power to me, but I haven't quite found that yet. I've got time. Yeah. Uh, Greg, yeah. have you... Yeah, I was going to say, Greg, have you figured out if you're going to be able to make it out to uh, the scrub down? Um, I would definitely like to. I'm probably like 90% in. Um, uh, seems like a lot's going on that weekend. <laughs> I guess because it's May and like everything's like starting. A lot happen. of stuff happens in May. Yeah. Slow down, May. No kidding. I mean, Ew. we're going to get Ew. back. <laughs> we're going to get back in that Monday. I've got to go run a big gas stop for the run for the wall motorcycle folks and then the weekend after that is memorial day so there's a ton going on in may but again the scrub down is what we're excited for the most i think Mm -hmm. 
other than that, we've all been uh, watching quite a lot of baseball. So that's been most of our uh, chat discussions lately. We talked more baseball than X-Wing the last two weeks, I believe. To be fair, baseball is my first and true love. If they only made like a baseball miniatures game. Ooh. Uh, uh, like wiffle ball? <laughs> that's just a miniature version of baseball. I mean, like, I didn't hear a difference. Miniature humans. Peewee ball. That's true. Major, but, wait, this could happen. What's going on to something here? Does it need to? I can just watch baseball on the television. What do you mean, does it need to? No, you can play it as a game. But I... That's not what I'm here for baseball for. Like, I like playing baseball, but like as a human being. I don't, I don't... I sort of like baseball video games. I don't know if a baseball miniatures game would do it for me. I don't know. AMG, get on this, yo. MLB, MCP, come on. Marvel Crisis Baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marvel Baseball. I'd play that. That'd be amazing. Yeah, like the Hulk smashing dingers and stuff. I'm in. Well, you know, we've got like droid soccer for X-Wing. Uh, I'm pretty sure they could put together, you know, because it's like if you ever read X-Men comics, they always have the uh, the the baseball game like once every couple years uh, as the fun thing. That's a wonderful nod to the fans. It'd be great to have a little fun scenario for MCP that's a, a baseball game. You know, stuff like that I love putting on the table. But we're supposed to be an X-Wing podcast, so let's talk about some X-Wing here. Uh, We've been talking a lot about the different factions in Standard. So far, we've covered the Rebels and the Republic, which probably have seen the most success uh, overall thus far. So we're going to go ahead today and cover the flip side and discuss the Empire and the Separatist factions in Standard. Uh, Doug, I know you've flown some Separatist uh, recently, and Greg, I think you've tried it out as well. Has have any of us tried the Empire uh, much yet? Yeah, I flew Empire at Depth. Also, that like Empire was in the top four at Adepticon. They've also had notable success, mm-hmm. and and was the like Empire has been very successful as well. Absolutely, yeah. And they the interesting thing about Empire is that it was not one list that was doing it. There were a ton of different Empire lists that have done well. That's so that's every faction. There's, there hasn't been one list that has dominated. Yeah. Well, it's that first off, a lot of people were just talking about the uh, the Tie X One spam because it was the easiest thing to put together. But there's a lot of uh, great utility pieces in Empire. Uh, Alex, you brought the list to Adepticon. What did you fly there? Don't bring Tie Fighters. I brought Vader in the X One and six Tie Fighters, and Tie Fighters are not a viable substitute for other ships. Um, so don't bring those. Night Beast is probably fine. Um, he was my favorite. But, yeah, they're just not very good. Vader, though. Vader the X-1 is a monster these days. Uh, how many loadout points does he have? I, enough. <laughs> like, literally I enough for everything. 22, I think, is the specific number. But it could be 25. I'm not, I don't remember. But like, it's literally exactly enough for everything you want. <laughs> like, plus pattern analyzer. Which means he's a defender. That's true. Have they? I oh, know they haven't. Yeah, it seems really weird that original trilogy ships now have tech slots because it seemed like that was only a sequel trilogy thing. That was a time. different game company though that decided that. Yeah, because what isn't it that? Uh... No, because Quad Jumpers are technically a uh, a sequel ship. Yeah, but that was an FFG stung, yeah. thing. I know. FFG it's... decided that AMG is not beholden to that. Yeah. 
But it's an interesting check. I mean, we've seen uh, sensor slots mitigate and uh, more migrate, excuse me, around. So yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of places problematic sensor slots got replaced with tech slots because tech slots are a lot less problematic in general, like Guri and Vader. Indeed. I guess uh, Vader still has a sensor slot, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> Vader gets literally everything you want. It's he's the fun part. Um, don't bring six Tie Fighters as your friends, though. Probably. How many points is X One Vader? Eight. Eight. That's pretty good for a ship that does it's, all that. It's insane. It's Vader himself is amazing value. Um, We're yeah. also seeing a lot of value out of the Alpha Squadron interceptors at three points. They are a generic that's got two points available for a talent like Disciplined out there. Are they possibly the best generic in the game right now? Yeah, but that's not a very high bar. I was trying to think of another generic that could even compete. Like the high advance, the generic high advance is the closest, but interceptors are better. Mm -hmm. like, uh, they're not they're not locked into an action to be useful on offense. Like the the X ones are good for like the PVE as it's being called, where it's you're just playing around objectives because they're really tanky for their points. But uh, interceptors are also pretty tanky for their points, and I have actual offense. Uh, yeah, I don't. In my opinion, Empire I think is like. I would not mind if Empire was the stock standard for the balance of the game. Like, if Republic and Rebels, for instance, were brought down to Empire's level and everything was brought up, you know, yada yada. Like, I think they have a lot of building list building options and they have actually useful generics, but they don't feel overbearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. I agree. Yeah. Speaking of overbearing, one of the uh, more overbearing cards uh, prior to the change was Commandant Goran especially with the strikers and the ability to do all sorts of nasty trigger stuffs on their maneuvers. His ability was completely changed, as in, like, completely new pilot, basically. Well, I mean, his ability is the base bumping mechanic now, so it kind of needed to be changed. That's mm -hmm. true. I hadn't, I hadn't put that together, but yeah, that math checks out. <laughs> and now his ability is that when a ship of lower agility... Initiative. Initiative, sorry. Uh, performs a maneuver. Is it nope. fully executed? It's at the start of engagement phase. Start of engagement. A ship with low initiative can remove one non-stress red token and gain an evade. So there, okay. Non-stress red tokens again would be locks, ion, strain, and deplete. Okay. So it's still useful. That's rather it's useful, extremely actually. useful. Yeah. I was gonna uh, say, you, you're you know what's really hard to alpha strike is a ship that you can't target lock. Well, it's, yeah, because it's start of engagement. Ah, oh, that is just nasty. Here I was thinking that, you know, oh, you don't get all the free access to this ability, but you don't need that any. Okay. No, because you, you give an evade to the ship that is going to be focus fired. And then on top of that, if somebody target locked them or if they're ioned or whatever, you also get to remove it. It's it's a ridiculously strong ability. Yeah, that's huge. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Man, I might look into that. That's reminder, the, the evade part is independent of the removing a red Yeah, you don't have to remove right. it. Yeah. So, the, right. I think the only thing that overshadows him is the other interceptor that people take, which is Nash. And that's Nash. because offense is a lot more important than defense in secondary, or in 2.5. And Nash guarantees something gets to shoot, which is really, really big with a bunch of I-1 ships. Yeah. Turns your little dudes into Fel's Wrath. Turns ball into Fel's Wrath. Yeah. 
kind of like the uh, the way Warthog used to be mandatory if you were going to bring a lat, and now he sees no play. Nash suddenly got rather good, given that the those alpha interceptors are really good generics. And it's not that well, the, Nash isn't Nash, locked into generics, but generics yeah. right? But it has to be lower initiative than him. Right? No, it has to be small base. Small That's oh, requirement. Okay, it's, I thought it was. It's one of our small base ship is destroyed if it is not engaged. It engages at the initiative in which it was destroyed. I should have prepped by actually reading the cards. I have a Doug for that. <laughs> That's true. We all have a Doug for that. Right. So right now, uh, Doug, I think you made a really good point that the Empire kind of is the uh, I wouldn't say middle of the pack because they are seeing a lot of success. But power level, they feel just about right. Nothing in it feels really overpowered for its cost. Yeah, I mean, they have a couple of weak pieces, which I think every faction does. And they have a couple pieces that are probably a little too good. But um, those are largely overshadowed by the factions that are better than them. And, uh, I mean, this is just a personal opinion, but I would like to see the better factions brought down to Empire's level. Because I think Empire does succeed at having multiple... um, Archetypes. Thank you. Yeah, multiple archetypes that they can build. Um, they are a little bit more uh, spam focused now. Like they're, they're, you can build ace lists, but their aces aren't particularly punchy. And uh, I feel like in the two point five world, if you want to play low ship counts, they have to hit hard. Um, like obviously you have Vader, who's really good at that. But like uh, Soontier, for example, feels or uh, Grand Inquisitor or Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, um, Grand Inquisitor's kind of interesting because he has a lot of loadout and talents and force and a missile so you can do things like outmaneuver prockets which is pretty nonsense um or you can do uh he has a sensor as well so i think you can do trick shot shattering shot collision detector (laughs) on rocks and then throw five dice at people which is pretty nonsense that is ridiculous it's pretty solid i'm not gonna lie yeah um i think people are calling it railgun grand inquisitor like uh, Getting away from my actual point, though, uh, I think their pure aceless struggle to put out reliable offense um, versus what's more the... reliable than trick shot, shattering shot, collision detector. Well, they cost <laughs> a lot of force, and you have to be on a rock. But it the is most a good reliable trick. place to be. <laughs> but anyway, uh, my main point is that they have a lot of list building options, and I think they're one of the best factions for that right now. Indeed. If there's anything that they're really missing, what is it? I mean, there's... Uh, I mean, they've had a real problem with good crew carriers in hyperspace and now standard. They really need the Lambda back. um, Because Decimators are really expensive, and Reapers Reapers are bad, and Gauntlets are expensive. So they don't have... They don't have a cheap... uh, Something that takes a quarter of your list instead of half is what... And yeah. they could make Reapers a little cheaper across the board, probably, or make one of them cheaper or something to make them useful. But uh, in general, Reapers are kind of bad right now. Yeah. Now, the the Imperial Gauntlets, if I'm not mistaken, you've got Captain Hark, who does the side slip instead of the pivot. He is very fun. I don't think he's very good, but he's very fun. And then they've got Gar Saxon, who uh, turns everybody into Graz the Hunter. Uh, yeah, essentially. Yeah, when a friendly, on a friendly unit... ship arranged zero to two performs a primary if it's attack, or sorry, a friendly unit arranged zero to two performs a primary attack. If the attackers in the defender's rear arc, you may spend one charge. If you do the attacker rules, one additional die. Uh, so, the reason that's important is he works with commandos, so he's yeah. the only thing that can really pump up commandos' offense. Okay, it's a really but... good ability, and he gets a lot of loadouts. But he goes up to eight instead of seven, like uh, Hark or a lot of the other gauntlets, which really hurts. Um, 
which is kind of like advanced fader's problem. Eight points in Empire uh, really limits the number of like interceptors you can bring with stuff, and they uh, they really want higher ship counts because they're a lot of their good ships are real squishy. That is very true. That's kind of the Empire's thing. Uh, Alex, you mentioned that Tie Fighters not being a good substitute for things. Are they still getting the short end of the stick when compared to every other ship? I mean, they should compared to every other ship. Um, they're, I mean, they're Tie Fighters. They're not supposed to be good ships. Um, they suffer in this format, I think, because their job was to be cheap and not have loadout, and now they have. They're all a little bit more expensive, and now they have loadout and they have loadout built in, which it's not really how Tie Fighters were intended to be designed originally. So I don't think they fit as well into the two point five world. The Z's, Z95s do, their main competition. Um, I'd say the Mining Guild ties are pretty similar. Um, Rebel ties are a little different because they're all named pilots and they all have fun abilities or whatever. They probably suck too, though. Um, I'm not sure, though. But yeah, I just don't think that the, the tie fits into the world as well. And uh, they are really bad at scenarios because if they do a scenario action, they have no focus token, so they die really easily. They die really easily. I had multiple games where I lost three ties in one turn at Adepticon, which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing is, and this will be similar for Vultures when we get into talking about Separatists, is uh, 2.5, the efficiency of lists in general went up a lot. Um, like your your average list in a 2.0 points world would be in the like 250 to 275 range in terms of how many points are in a list. Uh, so TIE Fighters and Vultures technically got discounted. They went from like 21, 22 to 20, but that efficiency is actually quite a bit less than like a Vader who is guaranteed to have 22 points of upgrades for his 8 points, things like that. So they they feel extremely squishy, and like Smittle said, if they, if they ever have to take an action for anything other than a token, they can just pop. And uh, there's a lot of actions needed um, now that aren't just offensive actions. Hey, true. Well, one of the strengths had always been just the, the TIE Swarm, Howl Runner, Iden, all the things that go with that. But flying in the formation that most of the TIE Swarm stuff requires seems really disadvantageous when you've got to be trying to control obstacles. Or... I'm going to well, you got disagree. stuff like Light and Dree, eh? Yeah. Uh, but also, TIE Fighters, like, TIE Swarms have been behind the power curve for a really long for time. For a very, since, um, like, wave 4 or 5 of 2.0. Yeah, if if TIE Fighters were good enough at Alpha Striking as a Swarm, you could still do it. Like, I uh, I think one thing people have been figuring out a lot, the more they play, is that uh, everybody at AdeptsCon went really hard into objectives. Which makes sense, because it was the new thing, and people were trying to figure out, so they tended to gravitate towards lists that, that strength was playing around objectives. And, uh... I think people have found that you can you can go PvP more. You can you can just try to kill other people's lists. Like you can't completely ignore objectives. But uh, like for example, I've been playing three ship lists a lot lately, and they almost always lose the objective game. But if I kill two ships, I've evened the ship count against like a five ship list. But I gained a ton of points in there. Um, the point being, if tie swarms were actually good at fighting, they could just, they could just fight. They're just not good at it. Very true. Very. I true. agree. Having played tie swarms. Lately. Right. Um, yeah, I agree completely. Right. Well, Greg, you've probably played uh, Empire the least out of any of us. Uh, is there anything that's really jumping out at you that might give you a desire to play into this faction? Um, <clears throat> talked about Garth Saxon and the uh, Commandos for sure. Uh, but 
honestly, it's funny because I like start talk. I start like getting into some Empire stuff, and then I start realizing, oh, these aren't these aren't the ships I have fun with, just because they're super squishy. Like uh, Doug mentioned. Um, oh goodness, I have it in front of me. Pure Sabat as like a solid four ship. And then I was going to do TIEX 1 Vader. And uh, I think it was Darth Saxon in the... Yeah, that's yeah that comes out to 20 points right there. Yep, so that's what I think I was going to do. And that just looked fun to me, but I don't fly like aces. So like Vader, he's just out of my thing. And like I see these and like generics just aren't a thing right now. So Empire's just weird for me. but. I do, I do think they're a solid faction, and when people bring like these like salad lists, they make me excited. But I'll never play them. I guess it's kind of the so the you, reality of them. You would say they are definitely not the droids you're looking for. Uh, correct. But the dro- yeah, so the droids you are looking for would that be the separatist faction that uh, seems to be your favorite? That was a little forced. Hey, I'll take my segues where I can get them. Thank you. I will be leaving the podcast now. I'd like Uh, to tender my resignation effective immediately. You have your Zoomer memes. Okay. Uh, I'm... Okay, so we're we're switching to separatists. So I've been playing the three-chip list as well. Uh, At least a version of uh, a list that Doug and I have been playing. Um, it doesn't have any droids in it. That's it's, because droids are bad. Almost yeah, across they the board. are rough right now. Um, um, if I was going to do droids, uh, I was going to take two, uh, two four-point ships instead of Maul. Um, which yeah, so seems... what is what is the three-point the three-ship list you've been? Oh, before? okay. So it's uh, General Greasy, which is General Grievous. Uh, loaded to the gills uh, with outmaneuver, afterburners, title, and impervium plating. Um, uh, canonically, I don't... I don't think General Grievous has gills, for the record. Well, I mean, he kind of looks. Oh my! Are you calling he... him a fish? Could be a fishy boy. I don't. Wow. Yep. Wow. I mean, he is Jim Grazy. You know. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Then we have a. What do we got? We got a gauntlet with free Vizsla, because you're not, not going to fly free Vizsla. Um, and then you could just put whatever you want on there. Uh, Doug does like a heavy hitting, so I think you have Savage. Um, Savage, Mandalorian Optics, Marksmanship, and Veteran Tailgunner. Let's look around. Yeah, I, I tried that Optics. list, and it was actually you know pretty decent. Like, uh, so I tried that build, and then you have Maul uh who gets 20 points of loadout so you just pretty much throw proton torps i threw actually this is a fun thing so i threw a heavy laser cannon on him and doug chose shattering shot and uh munitions failsafe and then hate on both of them yeah yeah and so but i used the hlc when um like i didn't get it all the time but if somebody's gonna um at least the people in Topeka are flying medium and large bases right now. So it's <laughs> easier to get that bullseye. Um, but so that was kind of fun. You know, if I if I run out of torpedoes, I got my HLC. 
but running Maul's just fun anyway, just because I haven't ran him in so long. Uh, but he's really weird, super difficult to fly sometimes if you get him stuck. Uh, just because large base front arc ships are just super weird, even though that he has like every maneuver available. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, so that's the original list. But if you wanted to throw two four point ships, I think we were looking at um, this. Looks like yeah, uh, DIS three forty seven in the Tri Fighter, and probably DVS four hundred four. Okay. Yeah. And Which then, so that those... fighter is the one who, at the start of engagement, he can yeah. acquire a lock on something, on an object that somebody that a friendly ship has a lock on. Right. Um, yeah. So you just wouldn't have Maul, and it'd be a four ship list. But the thing that I've been really like wondering about right now, because y'all keep talking about it's PVP, and what was the other one? PVE. It's PVE. Yeah, I... Yeah, I've never player versus player, enemy is yeah, what stands uh, play, for. Player versus player environment. environment. Yeah, environment or player Whatever. versus player. And I think that's really a misnomer. Uh, I mean, it's obviously not an exact analogy. Yeah, it's just the it's, closest thing that's well known. We have terms for it. It's called objectives. But please go yeah, on. Yeah, PvE there. is easier to type than objectives. That's why it, it took off in popularity. Um, the reason I say this is because. And I don't know, Doug, if you're experimenting or if you just find the list fun that you're flying. Um, but I'm experimenting because I'm trying to see if we put all these ships in a list and people are flying six to five to six ship lists. Well, it's a lot easier for me to kill your three or your four point ship than it is for you to one round my eight point mall. Oh, yeah, that's the thing about that separatist three ship list. All yeah. of those ships are hard to kill. Exactly. So I'm making you work for it. I'm not necessarily getting every objective. And the games that I have played, I have lacked on objectives, and it has shown at the beginning of the game. But when I get you down to, like, the fourth or fifth round, I'm, I'm probably going to take one or two ships off the board, one or two big ships off the board, because I've already been hammering you with Proton Torps and then General Grievous just coming up the side, doing his thing, um, and then Previsla just soaking up some hits. Uh, so what I've really been wondering is, is having an 8-point or a 7-point or both better than having two 4-points? Because I could easily lose DBS 4-4 on the opening engage, and now I'm 4 points down. But if I throw Maul in your face, you could have Maul, but now I'm going to do mall things, and, you know, there's there's consequences more than just a four-point ship. So I, I think I'm trying to point so, fortress in my three-point ship. My yeah, three so the, the idea of whenever I started running it isn't necessarily that it's a points fortress. It just kills stuff faster than it dies. Um, like, mall yeah, will yeah. die from focus fire. He just kills things really well. And pre-fizzle will die to focus fire. He just kills things well. Um, so... Uh, as to the, is it better to have an 8-pointer or two 4-pointers, I think that largely comes down to faction. Uh, I think Separatists have arguably the worst 2, 3, and 4-cost ships in the game. Um, they have no good 2-pointer, in my opinion. They have one middling 3-pointer. Like, it's good, but it's really niche in how it flies, which is the Bombardment Drone. And then, their 4-pointers are fine, but like... Are you really going to say that DBS 404 can compete with Manaru in the same price bracket? Like, <laughs> uh, they are the same. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's that weird. Yeah, that's why I've been looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's why I've been looking really hard at the three ship lists or um, like Grievous Sunfock plus something. Um, is uh, I feel like they're the separatists who are a faction that's identity used to be all revolving around cheap stuff has bad cheap stuff. Um, and they could have been conservative with it because they real they recognized that giving a bunch of you know HMPs with shit tons of loadout or whatever is bad. Um, but I, I think they missed the mark a little bit with their uh, cheaper the cheaper end of separatists. What do you think that they've limited themselves with twenty points? No, I don't. Okay, because that's where I keep looking at, and I'm not great with numbers. I don't do graphs. I don't do whatever. So, like, I just look at this from, like, a I don't do math in public type of standpoint. And, like, I look at it, and I'm like, okay, well, we could have all these fours, but, like, there's so much other things that you could do. But, like, say you had 30 points just in load, or, oh, sorry, uh, squad building, not loadout, just squad building. And so that you could like maybe maneuver some of those ships up or down a I little don't. bit. So I mean I don't know I don't I, don't, the, I, just, I think the I big thing, them. Greg, I think the big thing is you have to realize that squad value and loadout value have to be looked at together. So like they could make DBS four hundred four worth four points. They just might have to give him an extra mod slot and a bunch of extra points. So like you are you're pretty much starting with a free shield it. upgrade on them or whatever. Like I get it. it's three dimensional. Uh, I'm not looking yeah, at all the like, dimensions. I was only and at one. Okay. I've seen a lot of the it would be more granular with more than twenty points, but the point is is that the twenty points lines up perfectly with their scoring. It's a right. twenty point game. No, so that's it's a, a great point. point. That's a great point because yeah, you could change the. I, I I did not see that when I was talking. Yeah, absolutely. You could just give DBS four or four sixteen points extra mod whatever. Yeah, like absolutely. I, or two. I think a perfect example DBS. is tri fighters, uh, especially the named ones. Really want independent calculations uh, because at where they're priced right now, you're not ever going to bring more than one. So you really want independent mm. calculations. Uh, but they only have one mod slot, and they really want that mod slot for either like a shield upgrade or afterburners or something to make them feel more right. effective or yep. tankier. So like just giving them a second mod slot would breathe a lot of life into tri fighters without changing yeah. anything else. Take away this missile and give me another mod. Like I'm down for that. Like I I don't even know why these things even have a missile. What a wasted slot. But yeah. But again, this sure. is their like this is a bigger change to the game than first to second edition in my opinion. Sure. Sure. So and, they're gonna get some points wrong, and I'm sure, sure they're aware of that and are looking at it. Yeah, sure. I just wanted to ask a couple of you know, like the points fortress thing, and then the 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 variable whatever. Yeah, the, but... for the points fortress thing, it's more of a byproduct of what the three ship list is trying to do than its intention. Um, but oh, I, yeah, I just see it like that because that's kind of the layman's terms of I have big ship, you know, kill now, please, like. Because I look at this, I well, when I started playing the Rebels, I was like doing the whole Ezra thing. I was bringing Blount, I was bringing this. But if you take those away from me in the first one or two rounds, I'm now down six points to you. And so I was like, well, I don't like that. So I was like, oh, I will fortress, these are my words, I will fortress my points inside of Maul or inside of Previsla. Yeah, so the I think the difference to like bring the Rebel analogy back is you could do something similar with like two Rebel Falcons and Derek or something. Like, you're really good at points fortressing. The difference is Pre Vizsla, Maul, and Grievous are all designed to hit hard. They just mm. happen to also be hard to kill. Like, something like uh, Han, Lando, Derek, for example. Uh, it's really hard to score ship points off of them, but they're going to be bad at objectives, and they're going to take a long time to kill ships consistently. Mm. And so it's it's they're very different strengths between the two three ship lists. 
Right. And like you yeah. were saying before, a known quantity now is, or, or a valuable, I don't know where I'm going with that, is can your ship kill more than its value now? Because like in, in 2.0, I would bring six or seven ships and then I would just try to kill your main ship and then I would just go from there. Now you really are fighting the value of ships because if my eight point ship goes down before I kill your eight point ship, then I'm severe. I'm one turn behind and it feels more pertinent, more feels more prominent words. Urgent. Yeah, maybe it feels, yeah, it's more forefront now. Like I can actually, I can see that and I know that, Oh, I should have done this. Oh, I, my output of my eight point ship did not get me, you know, my eight points back or my whatever points back. Yeah. Part of what I love also is that we're all learning where these priorities are right now. Uh, it seemed to be just like you said at Adepticon, everybody was focusing on objectives before all else. And when we were all first making lists for 2.5, we were like, all right, five, six ships minimum because you need to try and get all the objectives. And now, after we're getting more experience, more games on the field, you're realizing, okay, this six A-wing list might be able to reliably capture three objectives a turn for three points, but my three-ship list that hits like a locomotive can delete one of those ships, and I've just caught up to you and Mm. reduced your ability to capture those points because you now have one fewer ship. So... There's a lot of different strategies to go about that. Uh, Now, if I am flying that little A-wing swarm against your big, hard-hitting three-ship list, and you can't kill my ships, then I'm going to be death of a thousand cuts just nickel and diming you with objective points, because Lord knows, two-die guns are not going to be able to do a dang thing to Grievous or a Gauntlet over the average course of a game. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, those two ships, those two ships specifically are so frustrating to try and kill. Uh, last Wednesday at our local uh, league, I was playing against uh, Lindsay, who had brought a variant of that list with Maul, uh, Grievous, and Boba Fett in the fire spray. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of was, I have to go after Boba because that's the only ship I am reasonably certain I can kill everything else is going to win the shootout. Mm. And it felt it felt hard because, again, uh, just saying Boba Fett's the easiest skill, that's still a fire spray. Fire sprays don't die easy either. Mm. So And they uh, can run away while shooting. Yeah. Gosh, same, thing yeah. With, yeah, same thing with the gauntlet. For sure. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of options there. So the thing about the Separatists is, Everything in the faction is legal, with the exception of Talmeric crew, because it's a dial peak uh, condition. Mm. We've said it a number of times, and I can't argue with the fact that Grievous is probably the best five point option out there. Agreed. Yeah, I can't. I, so. I can't think of a single yeah. five point ship that's better but, than Grievous right now. He's the best all around piece. Like he's not bad at anything, and he's good at most things, which makes him a ridiculously good value of five points. Like there's. Yeah. There, are, I, I'm not going to think of any off the top of my head, but there are going to be ships that are better at straight fighting than him, or are better at being tanky and stuff. But he's just he's Seriously. overall so valuable. Yeah, yeah, five points. Like uh, somebody at a Death made the point was like, if if Grievous was generic, four Grievouses would be the top medalist, hands down. Oh, uh, 
gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but a lot of their things, like the Tri-Fighters right now, are such a... This is, I think they are, once again, the casualty of points changing because they're too expensive where they are, but if you reduce them in points, they're too good. That's, it's a really weird spot to have them in right now. Uh, see, I think you can fix TIE Fighters pretty easily, and it's ironically doing the same treatment that they've done with most ships, which is accept that the generics are bad and make the name pilots too. Not all of them, but like... The nuns that aren't Aiden and her Howrunner. Yeah, or like you oh, could no, have the, the, the tri fighters. The oh tri fighters. I mean, you can do the same thing. Yeah, like make the yeah, make the named ones three. The that one the range one restriction for network calculations is a bit harder to justify in two point five. I okay, I'm going to disagree with you there. The problem with tie with tri or no it, drones is the word I'm looking for. Trade yeah. Federation drones is that they die too easy. It has nothing to do with like they they're very effective at controlling objectives because they can sit on rocks. Yeah, yeah network right. calculations is still very useful. It's the it they're just the game is too efficient for them right now. And because everything else in Separatists is cheap is also too inefficient, you can't even do, like, four Tri-Fighters and then other good stuff to compensate. Like, it's just, a, it's a byproduct of the whole faction feeling a little too expensive on, like, at least they're, they're cheaper and stuff. Yeah. Because um, Tri-Fighters have, or not Tri-Fighters, I keep doing this, Trade Federation drones have always kind of been, other than, like, the pure droid swarms, have kind of been a weird support piece where... They're just very cheap bodies, so it's really easy to bulk yeah. your ship. Count. Batteries and calculate batteries. Yeah. Um, like, right. why in the world isn't DFS 311 calculate passing bot? Why isn't he two? Instead, he's three with like a million loadout points, but all he wants to take is independent yeah. calculations. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Because yeah. then you could just throw it in a list. Like, well, is it. Maybe it's not two, because maybe there's a combo of two uh, fire Man, sprays, I... and then you could throw in. I don't care, man. Like, that's, it's that's a, he's a vulture droid. <laughs> no, yeah. I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying, like, I, I, no, I totally get it because that's where I go to. And I'm like, oh, yeah, do you have, yeah, I'll, I'll throw this one in there because I'd love to ask something to subpack or whatever I would like to do. Yeah. And then you're like, in general, oh, I don't like gross. comparing too much cross faction, but like, look at all the two pointers that exist in other factions and then tell me so that DFS 311 would be too good at two. Like, yeah, there's true. an A wing that's two points. That like Derek got Seriously, like, a, like what the Derek hell? was what 28, 29 in second edition, so he got a nine point discount or the equivalent of it. Like, 
Uh, then, yeah, I mean, he's got no, lo- no loadout points, but where you put but, the loadout points on and then a really, But he's a, a really bad equivalent of a 20-point A-wing. It doesn't matter. That's yeah. nuts. Compared to every other ship with a 2, like, that's nuts. Yeah, like, yeah. the closest is the other really good 2-pointer in Contrail, yeah. which was, again, a close to 30-point ship that is now 20 points. Well, like, then you got you got, you got got Varus at 3. And yeah. so, like, would you take Varus or the FS3? <laughs> Oh, Barris yeah. every day of the week. You know that's. Oh yeah, it's just like it's just weird that even though it's cross faction, uh, uh, comparing, it's still like so weak that Barris is and, three. And again, this is their first attempt, and I'm sure they're looking at the stuff yeah. and they'll make some adjustments. We probably have a points change coming out in the next six yeah. weeks. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you guys think that with the points change, will they? You think they'll they'll fluctuate some other things because. FFG was always like, okay, we're going to do points for this, but we're not going to touch a lot of other stuff. Uh, there was a, I think it was a Marvel, Marvel Crisis Protocol painting stream where somebody asked if there was going to be a points change with the the Rogue and the Z95, and they confirmed there would be. Like yeah. it would, They would be addressing all points, not just the okay. the new ships. That doesn't state how big the points change will be, but they'll probably address They it. could be but, happy with a lot of things and just touch up a few things, or true. it could be a huge change. We don't know. Yeah, and and with this, I'm not unhappy with the the entire faction. It's just some things are just weird. Yeah, and, but you know what it did? It got me to put Maul on the table, and that's okay. Yeah, so because I haven't flown Maul in years. Yeah, I, my thing is kind of the opposite with Empire. I think Separatists have a couple of really strong lists. Like I think lists that people are underrating, uh, but their list building options are so restricted compared to other factions. Like. I start mm. every single list with Grievous, which means they're actually a 15-point faction. And mm. <laughs> um, and then whenever you throw in like a Gauntlet or a Sunfock or something, you're down down to under 10 points already. And then you throw away a bunch of really limited cheap ships, and you're you're pretty much stuck on three or four ship lists. Yeah, I tried not to put Grievous in a list, and I felt like that was... It was just like, why? I would like to shout out one CIS thing. Uh, Mandalorian Optics, Doug mentioned on his Prey Vizsla. Um, that card is ridiculous, and you should use it on everything that you possibly can. Oh, yes. It's, not... it, it's probably my favorite card that came out of the uh, Pride of Mandalore pack. I mean, it's a ridiculously power-creepy card. It's, it's so strong. It's just two free target locks. It uh, it honestly makes me mad from a second edition design. Like, It's not necessarily bad in 2.5, but like, if this was still second edition, it would just be such a dumb card, because it's just free mods. It is like unrestricted mm-hmm. free mods. I've got to be in your firing. <laughs> the ship you have to shoot at, you have to be able to shoot at. Yeah, but you have to have uh, been able to shoot at them before both of you move. It's not a real so, restriction. So, yeah, no, it is because I have ADHD and sometimes I forget things that I tell myself. And so one time I was playing, and this is just one off, but I was playing Tyler and I was like, okay, I take a target lock on that ship. And then I turned, I did like a two turn. And then I was like, wait a minute, you're not going to be there. And I was like, I take the target lock on this ship now. Oh, so I just burned So I literally <laughs> wasted a Mandalorian off it, and then I used that as my action. And I, I did was that like, too, and it worked out. To be fair, Craig, that is, <laughs> that is entirely funny. a you problem, not a Mandalorian optic. I said, if you got ADHD like me, and you're like, wait, no, uh, oh gosh, I had something but, planned. But oh, even right. in that state, statement, that has nothing to do with the card. <laughs> like, the card is still really good. He's calling no, you the card out is to bad, your face, Greg. <laughs> oh gosh, you guys. But so, I think we're all in agreement. The Separatists are still a good faction. I would say they're on the 
the the bottom half of factions for strength right now. But like I said, that's mostly the the limited list building options they have. Uh, but they're certainly not a uh, a throwaway faction. There are some that's strong uh, things you can build in there. I've I've run headlong into a lot of them so far. So and the fact that again, Sunfock with ensnare and is it ensnare afterburners predator fits on him because that's not gross uh and you can just that for six points that is an annoying effing ship it it dies if you get to shoot at it but it's sunfock when are you going to get to shoot at him and he's not going to have a billion mods against when it? When you it's... brought medium or large base ships is when you get I to mean, he never, he never has mods. His entire shtick is that he only focuses. He just denies all of your stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, gosh. So, I think uh, Empire and Separatist, strong factions. Uh, I like the idea of balance everything around where the Empire's power level is at any given moment. And they can pick whichever faction they want for that to be the case. It's just Doug's preference is my preference. Yeah, like, I, I like Empire's the power in the level right of place Empire. For that right yeah, now. yeah. There's uh, no Empire like they, that f- they could decide that they like the power level of Republic and they just amp up everything else. Oh, and like Jesus. that's fine. Yeah, but like fine. Empire, but like Republic doesn't seem as ridiculous when everything's at that level. Like then, then those ships are really fragile instead of being really tanky for their points. Oh, true. True. Well, the other thing we've been going over in the last couple episodes has been the different uh, scenarios. We've talked about uh, a chance engagement, and we've talked about assault at the satellite array. Uh, let's cover the scrambled transmissions, because this is often one of the swingiest uh, games, because it's five objectives set up the same way the others are, uh, but you have the scramble action, which when you take the scramble action... You remove any tokens that are claiming an objective, and you roll a die. I mean, if an objective is empty, you claim it. If your opponent has claimed it, you clear their token, and on a hit or crit, you take it. Everything but a blank. When you roll the die, a blank clears it. Everything else converts it to you. Right. So, I've been playing that wrong then, because I was treating it as hits or misses. Uh, Yeah, it's... It's a bit challenging, I think, because like a salvage mission, which we'll go into next week, uh, you have to use your action to claim that objective, and that can really put you in a bad position sometimes. So are there any winning strategies we found for this yet? Uh, I mean, I think that's way too general of a question. It depends a lot on your list. But um, I will say that it's my favorite of the scenarios. Really? I wish the action was just a, like, either action to swap or action to neutralize. I don't like the RNG. I don't think it's a huge deal. I just don't like it. I think it's a huge deal. Because my sample size is all friggin' blanks. <laughs> I hate this stupid scenario and your stupid transmissions. I gotta be stupid scrambled. <laughs> I mean, at anyway, the I think it creates a lot of really interesting decisions, is why yeah. I really like it. I, um, yeah. I like that you have to roll the die. I like that. I like that it goes away no matter what, and then you could have it because obviously, I don't want you to just have it. So like, if you roll up to it, and I'm like, yes, there's a chance. Um, I I have found that deciding at the beginning of the game, if you take some of the outer edge, uh, control points, they don't get retaken 
usually because if I come in and I swoop, I flank you, and then I, I dive into the combat, well, if I don't let you out or if you don't decide to get out of the combat, you're never going to take those. So there's a good chance that every round I'm getting three to four points just off of this the scramp my 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 things. Right, because unlike uh some of the other area controls, if I claim a point and then that ship dies, that point is still claimed for me. Mm-hmm. So it this is where I think of all the scenarios, this is where initiative plays a really interesting role because it turns into kind of like a prisoner's dilemma. Prisoner's Dilemma, for those not familiar, is where you have two people and you get a choice, each of you, to either trust or betray the other. Choosing in private. You don't know. Yeah, choosing in private. So the idea is if you both trust, you both get a small thing. If you both betray, you both get crapped on. But if one of you trusts and one of you betrays, whoever betrayed gets all the bonuses. So... It's like if I have an initiative one ship and you have an initiative five ship and we're both heading for the same objective. If I move to range one of it, do I use my auction, my uh, action to try to claim that objective, leaving me potentially unmodded because then you can come in and get a mod and destroy me. I'll still get the one point. I've denied you that, but I run the risk of losing my ship or do I take a focus hoping that you'll get greedy and try and take the objective? But at the same time, you could also be like, well, I'm just going to take a focus as well. And then it becomes a straight joust. So there's a whole lot of weird decision trees going. And again, this all is going to depend on the actual ships in question and the game state. But it means that if you are moving first, you have a much more complex decision tree based on what you think your opponent is going to do and how they're going to react to what you do. Now, if you've got that initiative one ship and you're all off on your lonesome, oh, claim away and just run like the Dickens. You know, A-wings like Hobby are great for that. Uh, Bucket in Resistance is great for that because even without Slam, the Fireball's a really fast ship that can get between objectives really swiftly. It dies if it gets shot at, but that's kind of the point. So it really, I think, it's it's not my favorite. And like Alex said, it can be really swingy if you're falling behind and needing to claim some objective points and all you keep rolling are blanks. At the very minimum, you're denying your opponent one point, but you're not get you're not necessarily going to get that point back. It's more likely that you do, but Sometimes, again, the dice just aren't with you, and I under, I absolutely agree. Sometimes the RNG just sucks. I was uh, also memeing a tad there, <laughs> for the record. Yeah, it, it's one of those things, you know, There, it, uh, it gives you options. Do you want to focus on go after the objectives? Do you want to focus on take out your opponent's ships? That's going to depend a lot on how many ships did you bring, what ones do they have. Uh, but the other thing I've noticed about it is ob- objective placement in Scramble the Transmissions can really screw with a lot of folks' like predetermined mindset for how to engage. I mean, that's true with all of the ones except chance engagement. Right. But the idea, you know, that, well, with uh, 
assault of the satellite array, which is your area control, if you've got everything clumped up, then it becomes really easy to negate what your opponent has. If you clump okay, up... Okay, but they get control on that too. Like, right. they cannot clump everything up. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Turn zero yeah. is important in all three of them. Yeah. The, the idea you have is if you have a lot of big, hard-to-steer ships, and you know, like, if you've got a list and your top speed is a three straight, you're going to have a rough time getting to those objectives on your opponent's side of the board, and so you're going to have to commit to that totally differently. Uh, so there's... And I you don't list build for just one objective, uh, one scenario. There's a whole lot of thinking there. So if I'm running for some reason, a whole bunch of Reapers, which are... Are very fast ships. Are very fast ships, exactly. I'm going to play that differently than if I'm running a bunch of quad jumpers. Uh, There's... Not in standard, but... Not that they're not, but you get what I'm saying. The idea is there are so many different ways you can look at it, and I think that's where people... Because I've heard more frustration about this scenario than any other because of that RNG factor... Uh, Which I think is interesting because I think salvage is definitely the worst. Salvage, salvage is by far the worst. Yeah, salvage is the one that you can truly PVE. You can literally just play objectives on salvage and win the game hmm. with certain lists. Which because you you have no. I mean, the final of Depthcon is a perfect example. Nathan ID's list uh, in salvage literally just plays against the objectives. Very true. So with scramble the transmissions. uh, you know, it really becomes. I I I like it that it's the risk versus reward, uh, and it you know, high high initiative ships. Obviously, you have perfect knowledge when you decide what your action is going to be. And for someone like me who generally has a habit of liking those low initiative ships, it it really gets a lot more cerebral, and I'm enjoying the challenge of it, which is why. Again, I, I recognize that it's a challenge, and I haven't quite made... I haven't figured out what the right decisions are each time, but I'm enjoying the learning process with it. Definitely not my favorite, but I don't seem to hate it as much as a lot of other people do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess the only thing I'll say is that I think the way you described it very much only looked at it from the side of the lower initiative ships. like. Higher initiative ships do have all the information, but they still have to make a choice, and they people guess wrong or make the wrong choice a lot. Like, if you, for example, as a low initiative ship, walk up to range one of an objective and focus or target lock or whatever, and the high initiative ship walks up and takes it, you're going to punish them for that. Like, it's uh, I like it because it forces actual decision making that's impactful for both mm-hmm. sides. Yeah, and this is also where. Uh... Because most of the games that I've played, Scramble the Transmissions, I've been playing as Republic. So, like, Barris Afi is great because you're a low initiative ship who can get within range. Who's the one I'm thinking of? Sorry, Ahsoka is the low initiative one uh, that I was using to claim those. Uh, Barris, I was going against an ace list, so Barris was a lower initiative there. Uh, It's that you have the idea of, I'm going to move in. And if I've got force, I've always got that mod there. And Republic has that advantage right now of all their ships that are worth, you know, taking have force, except for the lats. And you can really just 
bully your opponent into, all right, I'm modded and have control of this point. What are you going to do about it? So, yeah, there's, it's it's so varied. I like it. And part of me is... That is a good point, though. In general, if you don't want to worry about being punished for actions in those scenarios, bring Force users. Yeah. Because the Force negates so many actual decisions. It's funny because I always get a lot of joy from figuring out something that's really efficient and going, I can work with this. And what 2.5 has done overall, not just in this scenario, but through the sea change of things, is that, of course, it hasn't been around long enough to, quote-unquote, solve anything, but it's added such a level of constantly changing complexity that there's always going to be these big, you know, unknowable decision trees out there. And it means I have to fly a lot more reactively. It means I have a whole lot more stuff that I have to be aware of at all times. And I'm digging it because that is such a challenge for me. Uh, I, and I've mentioned this a lot, I love my dumb, jousty, shoot dice, everything's pre-programmed type lists. This is forcing me to play almost the way I used to think of ace play where it's react to everything your opponent does. Now you've got to do that with everything with scenarios because it adds so many more decisions. And I think, uh, you know, you mentioned that salvage mission is the take a thing and run away with it. Gramble transmissions is probably the most decision intensive uh, scenario. I think that's just my initial after the two, three months we've had of this thought so far. Yeah, I agree. Indeed. Although, I think you're underselling the strength of being proactive instead of reactive. Like, making decisions and forcing your opponent to react to them is still very strong. That's true. Yeah. If you force your opponent to make a decision, they can choose wrong. But uh, there's sometimes you're going to be the proactive player, and sometimes you're yeah. going to be the reactive yeah. player. And you got to learn how to play both ways. And yeah. I actually think that is a big strength of 2.5, is there are lists that will generally be one more than the other, but they will never always be one over the other. Whereas, like, Something like Supernatural Kylo in second edition is always a reactive ship, unless it's against, unless it's in a bad matchup. Um, mm. Like it's it's so geared towards being reactive that it's bad in any other situation. Yeah. Well, my example was in 2.0, my ultimate proactive list was the 4x2z list because it's all I1s, it's all red dice. My action is going to be throw a lot of red dice at you. Okay, react to that. Now, if I'm going to be the proactive player. I have, I'd rather everybody else not be good at it and me be the good one for once. It's part of it. I realize that it's logical if I'm having these troubles with the decision making, 
maybe everybody else is as well. It's just I keep getting my practice against, like, you guys. And you've been kicking my teeth in at these. I haven't so, won a game of X-Men since Adepticon. Yeah, but you also have been dodging me in the league for weeks. So. I mean, dodging feels strong. It's just you're always in a game when Doug and I get there. And then you go home immediately. Well, yeah, we get hungry. That is true. <laughs> true. X Wing is. Uh, oh, I mean, I'll, I'll play on Wednesday. I'm ready to go. We, we got you. You're you're the only person in the league I don't have three games against so far. I think. Oh, all right. Yeah. I didn't realize this how that works, but okay, that's fine. We can play three games, but probably not all at once. But <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, Greg, you've been a little silent. Have you been enjoying the uh, scramble, the transmissions, or not enjoying it? I've enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I think it actually is my favorite as well um, because, like you said, it's so decision-intensive, and I like when somebody moves and they don't take my objective from me and they, <laughs> they take their focus because they want to punch me in the face and then it doesn't work out or whatever. Um, and and Or if I do die, then, oh, well, I still got my three objectives that I, I got at the beginning of the game on purpose. Like, yeah, so I, I lost do, I a three-point ship, but I got three points worth of objectives. It was a wash this round. Right, like, there's sometimes where that happens, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, and So I have actually enjoyed that. Um, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Yep. Do you think it's worth it, just overall, gut feeling, to go for that early objective lead and possibly put yourself at a turn of risk? It depends entirely on what you're playing against. That's what I was going about gut feeling. Stop thinking about it and give me your gut feeling. Like, you can't make a gut feeling. My gut feeling is that it's entirely based on what you're going against. So, a perfect it's... example is Travis Johnson, who was the only four-ship list in the Cutter to Depticon, brought a list specifically geared towards punishing people for being too aggressive on objectives. Because he brought a large base double-tapping ship that would kill something, and, and a pro-torp <laughs> outmaneuver Luke. So if you went for an early objective, he would kill you for it. Like, he, he earned so many free two-pointers... During the the Swiss of Adept, yeah. like pretty much every round, he killed a two point ship that was too aggressive towards an objective. Yeah, so I could see that. But something like five CLT Jedi, not five CLT Jedi, but the the five ship Republic list that's all super squirrely and low yeah. damage output. Like you can be aggressive against yeah. those. In fact, you should because they're going to be aggressive, aggressive trying to capture objectives. So you need to get them when you can. <laughs> it was it was actually like part of. So once I started losing a lot at Adepticon, I was like, let's just see what I can like. What what's fun about it? And so I started throwing Ahsoka in there, and then I'd take my chopper evade action, blah, blah, blah. And then I would zoom past, and then I would just try not to die. And then I would just get in behind them, and I would take objectives, and then just be squirrely. So, like, getting that early objective with one of those, like, well, Ahsoka just has all the actions. Um, so it was just super fun. Like, uh, So that was kind of a game within itself, but I was not trying to win, necessarily. At that time, so whatever. Yeah, use use the salt mines as a learning experience, absolutely. Especially this early in two point five's life cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're unironically at the point where you usually learn more from losing than winning. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm learning so much. Uh, well, so that's been covering the Empire, the Separatists, and scrambling some transmissions. Uh, we've had. Opinions on both sides of the aisle for all these for once, and uh, no real no real hot takes here. It's been, uh, these are all pretty uh, obvious conclusions so far, I think. Hot take. Sunfock is fair and balanced and fun to play. That is not hot. Wow. Man, I guess I don't know. The point is the you're, you're wrong, but in a way that's not a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Moved. 
I don't know. See, that's the thing. You know, Sunfock is really Sunfox. I think fairly priced at six points because again, I'm glaring at you with my push to talk on. He's because, because here he he's, he's exceptionally good against other high value targets, but yeah. he is a waste of points against medium large base ships. Right. It's it's that that's eleven points you've used in your list for Sunfock oh. and Grievous. How are you going to make a meme statement and then start an actual conversation? Ah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. New That's how we roll. It's his fault. I mean, you let it happen. Very true. Very true. Uh, Hot take. Sunfock is the greatest ship on the planet. Gross. On this planet? <laughs> they don't have them on this. I mean, there are literal there are literal models of Nantexes on this planet. Oh, he, he is certainly the best of the Nantexes. I went... Well, Chertex proves. Marvel is right there, man. Spoilers for Scum episode. Fenrir uh, was God, and not in the way you think. <laughs> we'll get to him eventually. Spit so, Next well, time. I'm seriously. Yeah, <laughs> the way you said it sounded very much like a clickbait article. <laughs> Fenrir was God, and not in the way. Not you in the think. way you think, and then they're like, "It's the Fang. It's exactly what you thought." <laughs> and then it wasn't. No shit. I mean, uh, snap. Did we cuss on this podcast? <laughs> I got you. I got you. Just move that beep. Just in uh, post-editing, move that beep over to... <laughs> I don't know if that's how technology is. I'm sure it's how it works. Okay, cool. So before we get way off the rails, do we have any shout-outs to give this week? Uh, I guess uh, that's uh, John at Game Cafe. Yeah, always. Ryan in our league. Yeah, he's running a Saturday tournament for us this next weekend. Yes. He does so much to uh, help out our excellent community. Plus, he's, yeah. he's just a swell dude. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah. Chris Allen, who admitted to listening to our podcast like a nerd. That's true. <laughs> Hi, Chris. We've made it into the big leagues now. But as we mentioned, uh, if you are going to be in the KC area next Saturday, that being May 7th, uh, come on by Game Cafe. We're going to be running a tournament. It'll be a blast. Uh, it is come... the Von Greg Open. Yeah. Come meet your heroes. Darren Von Greg. <laughs> Come meet your hero. Not us. I'm sure someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so Greg is a hero. No. Hey, Greg, you're going to be in full Von Reg cosplay, right? Uh, Von Greg uh, cosplay, which is exactly. just you mean like on fire and in bits and pieces in space. Spoilers. <laughs> 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 I haven't watched that show yet. Yeah, I didn't know that Von Reg was dead. Wow. Wow. Now, okay. now I know this there's a character named Von Reg. Only. <laughs> we go on George R.R. Martin spoiler rules in our house. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear and on that note this has been our episode of Tasha Station Radio that's I'm been an Matt. episode oh, great. I'm still Matt I'm Doug I'm Alex and totally didn't ruin our outro <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop loving I'm Greg oh and I hate <laughs> gosh people just don't listen Tashi Station Radio is brought to you by the team of Greg Smith, Alex Smittle, Doug Howe, and Matt New. If you'd like to help us out with hosting and production costs, you can go to ko-fi.com slash TashiStationXWing and make a donation. It's always appreciated. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, for news and updates. And as always, thanks for listening.